as I was raising my kids and meeting other families, I started to recognize that there are sort of tools I use, tricks, I things that it's like a mindset of the more I bring my creative self to the table, the easier it is to parent the kids. Right. Because we don't end up in the tense fight that can happen so easily, particularly because there's so many pressures right now on moms, like right. so many pressures. Hi, it's Kanika, and I'm back with another season of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast, where I interview parenting experts, global thought leaders, best-selling authors, and trailblazing entrepreneurs on their incredible life stories, their mom sense and dad sense experiences, and the values and legacy they're passing on to their children. Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. It's me, Bobby Brown, on Total Mom Sense. Can't wait to share my story. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. These episodes will inspire you to make every single day count. Episodes release every Thursday. Join my tribe by logging on to thatstotalmomsense.com, where you'll receive my free Parenting in a Pandemic guidebook, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. So today's podcast guest is going to inspire us to actually be dramatic and infuse theater into our parenting. Nina Meehan inspires the broader community as a skilled theater producer, award-winning director, and dedicated arts educator with expertise in youth development and creativity. Nina's award-winning theatrical work for young people as CEO and founder of Bay Area Children's Theater has reached more than 1 million kids and adults and has toured nationally and internationally. Nina speaks and writes frequently about creative play, arts education, nonprofit management, and theater for young audiences, TYA, and is the host of the Creative Parenting Podcast. She is also the proud mama of three kids and a nature lover. Nina, welcome to That's Total Mom Sense. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. What were you like as a kid? I was actually a really shy kid, but I lived in my imagination. I'm dyslexic, so school was not a positive place for me. It was a struggle. I was always put in, you know, the lowest reading group and the lowest math group. And like I'd label, I I was pretty sure I was dumb, you know, because it was like, oh, well, I'm in the purple group and no one else is in the purple group. So I can figure this out. But I had this incredibly active imagination life. So that was what I lived for. I would, you know, spend time at recess and lunch. And I had my friends who would do imagination play with me. And once I could read, I also became a enormous avid reader. So story has always been really important to me as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh my goodness. What were some of the lessons that your parents passed on to you during your childhood? My parents, you know, they always valued education. My dad's a professor. I mean, he's technically retired, but he's going to work forever because that's Mm -hmm. who he is. My mom's a writer. They were always the parents who were asking, you know, what did, what did we learn from this opportunity? You know, it was never about the grades. It was about where, where are the moments to learn? My parents are also really just love arts and culture. So I was in museums at age. I had a, my favorite painter at age four was Mary Cassatt. Like Wow. A four-year-old has a favorite painter, but like, it was just a part of our upbringing was having 
art and music and theater always there and present in whatever we were doing. And it was, and it was seen as just how you learn is, oh, well, you know, we're, we're traveling. So we're going to go to a museum. Like what else would we do? What are some of the milestones in your career that you're most proud of? I finished my degree and I was a theater major and I was, I was doing the acting thing. And I always had, I didn't had a, a, a love for children's theater and a love for education. I started teaching theater when I was 16. So that had always been a part of what I did. And, you know, I founded a nonprofit with four friends when I was 25, which, you know, is a really great time to find a, co- found a company because <laughs> I had no children. Right. I was phenomenally, you know, young and naive, and I had no idea how hard it was going to be. So anyone out there who wants to start a company, like, that's a, just go for it at age 25. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you, you have the chutzpah. You need chutzpah. You know, but when I first started, it was a side gig. I was performing, I was teaching, it was all these other things. And over the years, it slowly built into this really amazing organization with this staff that I'm like so proud of and work that has impacted so many children. And, you know, I I look for specific milestones and almost always there are moments that I have been willing to try something. I mean, it goes back to chutzpah, right? To try something that really like it shouldn't work out. And yet it did. We, we ended up bringing a production of James, the giant peach to Shanghai because a woman from the Shanghai children's art theater literally showed up in the lobby of our theater and asked one of our ushers, Hey, who's in charge here? I liked this show. That's that's an incredible experience to suddenly be like, Oh, okay. A year later, here we are sending a show to Shanghai to perform. We ended up having the opportunity to adapt Chelsea Clinton's book. She persisted uh-huh. into a musical, which was so cool. Cause it's like, Oh my about goodness. Empowerment. Yes. And that started literally. Cause I was out holiday shopping and I saw the book and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is fabulous. I came home. I read it to my kids. The next day I cold called her office. Okay. And what happened? And she- and they, and I ended up in conversation with her amazing, incredible chief of staff. I said, look, this is what we do. We adapt children's books into musicals. And this show wants to be a musical. And she was like, how? And I was like, don't worry. We got that part covered. Yeah. It, it writes itself. Yes. And, you know, a year later we were producing, she persisted the musical on stage, a world premiere. And Chelsea Clinton was in the front row seeing the show and like with tears coming down oh, her face. It was my such a proud moment for me. How did you actually weave in the songs into this play? Because, you know, for something that was adapted from a book, like, you know, who, who's writing the music and coming up with the themes and soundtrack? So for that show, I was in the universe of producer. So I brought on an amazing um, chore- uh, composer, Debbie Wicks Lapuma, and her writing partner, Adam Tobin. And the two of them worked with uh, Kalia Davis as the director and sort of the, with with Chelsea Clinton's people's input, our input, we took the illustrations from the book and used those to help inform a through line that brought in all of these incredible historic women that the book highlights. So it became a story of a little girl in, in modern times who was struggling to find her own place and find her own power. And these incredible women from the past came in to inform her and help her see her own strength and her own power. So each of the songs was 
the opportunity to highlight a moment in history. For instance, we there's a, a gorgeous song, Walk On, where in the moment when the schools were becoming integrated for the first time mm-hmm. and, and Ruby Bridges was sitting mm-hmm. there at age six, yes. walking into the school that Debbie, that Debbie wrote. So each moment in history becomes a way for that child who is our hero of the story to see her own strength and see that she has the power to persist. Tell us about your motherhood journey now. Oh, yes. Uh, So I'm the mom of three. I have a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, and as of yesterday, a six-year-old. She turned Mm -hmm. six yesterday. Happy birthday to her. And I mean, my motherhood journey, you know, I think like so many people, you know, we think we know what it's going to be. I was a teacher. I knew kids. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, my, <laughs> my first one, he actually was a, a 31 week preemie. So he came two and a half months early. So I got to learn that lesson of motherhood, which I'm sure you know very yeah. well, which yeah. is the, we actually are not in control lesson really fast and mm-hmm. really early. You have to surrender multiple times yes. a day. Oh, every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, every day. Yes. Like, I'm not in control and that's okay. We're we're on this ship together. You are the captain of your own ship and I get to be the navigator sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think, you know, when you have that mindset, nothing can really throw you off kilter, so it's fine. Yeah. The thing that I did discover early on, which is sort of where the universe of creative parenting came from, is that I have this years and years and years of creating experiences for families mm-hmm. that are rooted in creativity and imagination and storytelling. And those things are just kind of like a part of my world, right? They're in my back pocket. As I was raising my kids and meeting other families, I started to recognize that there are sort of tools I use, tricks, I things that it's like a mindset of the more I bring my creative self to the table, the easier it is to parent the kids because we don't end up in the tense fight that can happen so easily, particularly because there's so many pressures right now on moms, like so many pressures. How did you use your theater background to inform your parenting? As I had my third and became more aware of the hows of what I was doing. Cause I think particularly, you know, when you're first in it, boy, oh boy. I mean, it's like, you're just kind of overwhelmed and you're just doing the thing that is in your gut. And for me, what was in my gut was, oh, I'm having a hard time convincing my kid to eat Cheerios this morning. Great. Let's make the Cheerio box into a puppet and see what happens. Oh, good. He's laughing. Now he's eating Cheerios or, you know, we're, we're having a hard time with bath time. Great. Let's see what happens if I play music and make bath part time into a dance party mm. or, you know, how are we, how, you know, we're, we, we're, we need to go out to dinner with grandma and grandpa and it's hard to sit at a table. Can we share a coloring project where I'm doing one line and then the child is doing a line and then we tell a story about it. So small little things like this. And I'm not saying that anything I'm doing is revolutionary because there are so many incredible creative people out there, but we as parents, it's so easy to forget that the second we bring our creative self to the parenting process, that it just gets a little bit easier. And we can have those moments of fun where we really connect with each other. 
Um, and do you find that kids naturally gravitate toward theater, especially, you know, if they're like an introvert? So what I, I love about kids is that they speak the language of play. We as parents, like we say to them, you know, the dentist appointment is at three o'clock. We better get your shoes on. And we think we are speaking to them in words that make sense. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's Charlie Brown. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Exactly. Because right. yeah. that's not yeah. their language. Yes, their language right. is create, creation, creativity and imagination and story. And we, that's why we have so many wonderful play-based uh, preschools because mm. that's how they learn. Yeah. So for me, figuring out the more that I can find my play, the less I am speaking a foreign language to my child. And can you give us some kind of tangible examples on how, on how to have fun with play while really optimizing on that teachable moment? Well, I'm going to start by saying that going into the world of moms and parents and pressure, the key on bringing your creative self is that it, there is no reason to ever worry about being right, being perfect, mm -hmm. looking good, like messy is beautiful. Making mistakes and learning from them is beautiful. So the more that we can allow ourselves the opportunity to practice and experiment, the better. So mm -hmm. I'll just give you an example. This actually happened, I don't know, about two weeks ago. My six-year-old, then five, <laughs> we were at the dinner table, which this is not an unusual thing for her. She didn't want to eat the dinner that I made. She's just, she's just not what, she's just not an eater, but I could tell she was really hungry. And I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing three options and you get to sing back the one that you like, and then you can make it yourself. Cause I'm going to sing three things that I know, you know how to make by yourself. So okay. I literally at the dinner table with like, you know, this is just totally impromptu being like turkey sandwich Cheerios <laughs> with milk. Right. And like, it can be as, like the sillier, the better. And oh my goodness. he was really in that like stuck place of like, I don't want chicken, which is, it's fine. Whatever. Okay. Don't eat chicken. But yeah. like giving her the permission to get past that stuck place by embracing a creative expression, it just, it's like, it's like it moves their brain around a little bit. So in that case, she listened to her, the options. She giggled a lot because I was being <laughs> silly. And then she responded turkey sandwich. And like, she sang it back and then she went over and, you know, got out the bread and I helped her open the mayonnaise and we made a turkey sandwich. That's but, awesome. Oh my goodness. I love it. And it's, it's, so that's what I like when I talk about, like, it's the little things. It's not like we have to go and like make a giant epic craft project. I love giant right. epic craft projects. Like that's super fun. Like that's about something I'm interested in doing, something my kids are interested. Like that's a that's a project. Yeah. Yep. How do yeah, we make absolutely. It the easy little things, bath time, bedtime, getting to the car for morning drop off or getting out the door for walking to school, those pieces. Using yes. that story, that music, that dance, that art. Oh, that's so fun. What about when there's conflict and you know, there's siblings you know, one's playing with one toy, the other snatched it away and they're fighting over it. And, you know, oftentimes my husband and I let them 
battle it out on their own um, so that they learn conflict resolution. But sometimes we have to mediate and give them some tools. So what is a creative tool for that? One of the things I love about using creative thinking is that it allows you to talk about emotions with your kids and Mm -hmm. name them. So a lot of what I would be doing in that moment is naming the emotion. Hey, Uh, I'm seeing that you look sad and I know you look sad because I'm seeing a sad face. Let me show you my sad face. Do you see how, how when I have a sad face that my eyes, they, they sometimes have some tears in them, just like Mm -hmm. yours do. I I see you're sad. Right. And then from there, you can get as big as you want, right. You can start and, and say, okay, you know, I know a really a song that I, that that's kind of like a sad song. What if we put on a sad song and we actually did a drawing? What color is sad? Or maybe you're angry. What color is angry? Mm. Put on some music, let them express it because if they can get the emotion through them, then all of a sudden after the emotion has been released, it becomes a conversation about, okay, who's going to play with the toy first? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you're, you're able to separate the emotion from the toy, right? Like, yes. so it's giving them, cause so much of what these, they're such these beautiful little balls of emotions and they just want to, <laughs> they just want to express them and they just don't have the words, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I love that you think like a child and you put yourself in their shoes. Is there a mom sense moment that you can recollect? And the mom sense moment that I'm thinking of was when my first, he's now 10, but when my first grader was in, when when he was in first grade, he had this time when he got really sad and he just, it was like, he lost himself. It was like, something's wrong. Like we're not okay here. I started mm-hmm. talking to his teachers. I started, I mean, all, all the things, you know, I did all the work and I finally figured out that he really needed to be expressing himself in school in a completely different way. And that he was bottling himself up. And my mom sense just knew that we needed to make a change. And I'm, I actually pulled him from school midway through the year. If you would ask me, would I pull my kid midway? Through, I would be like, no, that's not something I would ever do. But yeah. he was, it was just so clear that he needed a different way of learning. Yeah. Wow. I love that you really trusted your gut with that one because, you know, you're going to have naysayers and whether it's friends or, you know, uh, whomever is going to say, oh, why did you, why did you think to do that? But that's what helped him in the end. So yeah. And now he's this like super happy, awesome kid. And he just needed something different in that moment and being able to trust. There's so much about us as parents. It's so easy. You know, what you were just talking about, you know, the other moms and the, just the way things are supposed to be done is such a powerful and pervasive presence in our lives Mm -hmm. that to be able to just step back and like really sit in our own self and trust our child. Right. What is our child trying to tell us? What does he not have words to say? Exactly. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Uh, is there a quote that you live by? We are built to play and built through play. And that's from Dr. Stuart Brown, a book called Play, How It Shapes the Brain, Opens the Imagination and Invigorates the Soul. 
to me, the more that we can connect with play for ourselves and with our kids, that idea of being built through play feels so powerful to me. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. So is there a product and it could be from any, you know, vertical beauty, wellness, parenting, anything that you are just loving right now? Okay. So do you you know the company Sage? They make like yummy, smelly stuff and they have this little rolly thing that's like a mint roller. Okay. That you put on, it's like, it's, you know, it's, you put it on your neck or like, if you're having a headache, like on your forehead, Mm. like this little... It's this like mini spa moment. Oh my God. Sounds divine. And I love it. I'm going to look it up now. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I've had, I actually, I got it just like right before COVID for the first time. And like during COVID, I kept it every time I'd run out I'd be like, I I better order another one because like I put it on like before bed and I just would be like, oh, I feel so good. And it smells good. And it's like, it does this little tingly thing. So that's my, that's my mom hall. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. And lastly, where can my listeners find you and the creative parenting podcast? So you can find me on Instagram at nmehan and also at creative parenting. And if you're interested in checking out the work at Bay Area Children's Theater, you can visit our website, bactheater.org. Amazing. Thank you, Nina. Such a pleasure to have you on today. And thanks for sharing your gems of wisdom. Thank you. I love the work you're doing. And I so appreciate the honesty that you're bringing into the world of podcasting. It's, it is refreshing and wonderful. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Nina. A big shout out to Amy Brownstein for making it happen. Now, I think we all feel inspired to be creative parents because at the end of the day, our kids just need a few things, our presence, safety, love, understanding, and of course, they just want to have fun. If you have suggestions for show topics or want to send me a guest pitch, email me at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. You can find updates on my shows at thatstotalmomsense.com and on my Instagram at Kanika Chada Gupta. Remember, always trust your mom sense and dad sense. Stay strong, super parents. See you next time. That's total mom sense.